I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. So if you are a longtime listener, we are doing something different this week, something different for the very first time, but you're going to get more of these types of episodes. And maybe you are a brand new listener coming exactly for this brand new series that I'm starting this month. So if you read the title of this episode, I'm sure you did. It is a new series that I'm calling a mental health check-in. I get so many requests all the time to do more solo episodes and I would really love to do more solo episodes for you all. I love just sitting down in my office with my mic, no one else here but me and Penny, of course. Penny is behind me on a mound of pillows sleeping right now. She is always beside me. But I love sitting down with my mic and recording these solo episodes for you. And it just makes me really happy that you also love and request these solo episodes. So I was thinking that I wanted to start talking more about mental health. Not that I don't talk about it a lot already, but I thought this would be a really great way for us to sit down every month, just you and I having this conversation about mental health. Now, initially, I thought it would be a really great idea to have these mental health check-ins on the last Wednesday of each month. So I release new podcast episodes on Wednesdays. So I thought, hmm, I will start this series and have these episodes go live at the end of each month on the last Wednesday of each month. And that would be such a great time to have like this mental health check-in with each other. I could share about how my mental health has been over that month. And I also thought it would be cool to discuss a listener requested topic. So that was what my plan was. (laughs) And then I went to record this episode and I realized that it is August and Indeed, I did miss releasing (laughs) and recording this episode at the end of July. So I am just taking this as a sign from the universe that this is exactly how it is meant to be. It was not meant to be on the last Wednesday of each month. It was meant to be on the first Wednesday of each month. So like I said, this is the beginning of something brand new. The following episodes, 
this month will be just kind of like regular programming, everything that you normally come to the show for. And then you can look forward to a solo episode from me on the first Wednesday of each month talking about mental health. And I kind of have it broken down into kind of like different categories, I suppose. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is just like where my mental health has been lately, like over the past month, since we are doing these episodes on the first week of a brand new month, we can kind of reflect back on the previous month and I can just share where my mental health was at that month. And then we'll move into a practice, a mental health practice that really helped me or supported me in a way that really stood out to me that month. So of course, since we're just beginning August for this episode, we will be talking all about July, obviously. And then the last part of this series that I'm doing, this mental health series, we will focus on a listener requested topic each time I record one of these episodes. So I actually received a lot of great suggestions from you when I first announced that I was going to be doing this over on Instagram. So just a reminder, I do show up on Instagram like daily, except for the weekends. I've been really protective about my weekends lately and maybe We can even talk about that (laughs) because it definitely relates to mental health. But if you're not friends with me over on Instagram yet, definitely go hop over there. You can find me at I am Meg Doll over there or just search Meg Doll. And I'm sure I will be one of the first to come up because Meg Doll isn't really a common name. But anyways, back to what I was saying, I received a lot of great topic suggestions from you already. So every month I'll just check in with you over on Instagram or even through my newsletter and just ask for any type of mental health related topic that you'd like me to focus on that month. And I'll choose one and we'll roll with that. So I already have suggestions for the next couple of months, but I'll always like throw out some feelers there. So I'm really excited for this month's topic about being an introvert and just like kind of taking care of yourself as an introvert because I am one very proud introvert and trust me. I've got some things to say and a lot of things to share with you about being an introvert and taking care of yourself as an introvert. But before we dive into that requested topic, I do just want to start with this first little bit um, of this mental health series, and that's just talking about where my head was at, where my mental health was at throughout the month of July. So reflecting back, July actually feels like a real long month. It was my first month leaving the city I live in. Now, some people don't even call where I live. A city is quite small. And we ventured off three hours away to a bigger city for my cousin's wedding, which I think was really good for my mental health. I was really excited to go 
just somewhere else. I literally have not left the city I live in since March 2020. And I know a lot of people are in that exact same boat. So it had been over a year of being in this city that I live in. And it was just really good, I think, for my mental health to go somewhere else. So there's that. That was definitely like one of the highlights of my month, I would say, was just going somewhere else, seeing some people that I love, being surrounded by some family. It was a nice, really small wedding, but it just felt good and to be out and doing something different. But there was also a lot of tears this month, <laughs> like a lot of tears. Now, I usually get pretty emotional leading up to my period. Now, just a side note, if you have not listened to last week's episode with Tasha, we talk all about PMDD, which is premenstrual dysmorphic disorder. So it's kind of like an extreme, very severe um, experience or like a more of a severe or extreme form of PMS. That's what I was trying to say. So if you're not familiar with PMDD, definitely go back to last week's episode and listen to that. But I usually get really emotional leading up to my period, really tired. And it's not like debilitating per se, but I just get really emotional and I'm kind of like emotionally not myself. Um, I can be really irritable and kind of like not a super lovey-dovey person towards the people that are like right around me, as in my partner, Scott. Um, So he definitely gets the worst of it. And I know a lot of women can relate to me. Our period is approaching and we kind of get witchy or crabby and we're not ourselves emotionally. So I noticed that that was happening. But throughout the month of July, I feel like it was kind of three weeks in a row, the week leading up to my cycle while I was on my period and the week after my period. And now I'm like still, I'm day 17 of my cycle and I'm still having like daily good cries, (laughs) daily. So I also noticed that I was crying a lot. I just felt really emotional. And while I was going through this, I also noticed that I really wasn't feeling as creative as I normally do. Now, I'm a very creative person. I have ideas all the time. And whenever I get these ideas, it's like, yes, I'm going to leap into that. I'm going to do it. And I just tackle it with so much motivation and drive. And not only did I notice that my ideas and like my inspiration and my creativeness wasn't there, but like I felt like I wanted to be creative, but at the same time, I was kind of feeling like creative burnout. And physically, I was feeling really great. Like my energy was great. And I know I keep talking about when I had COVID back in May, but you guys, my friends, 
COVID is not a joke, okay? So I had COVID back in May, and it's been now, like, over two months. But all of June, I was still physically not feeling well. And I would say that July, I actually started physically feeling better. But mentally and emotionally, I just, like wasn't really feeling myself. Now, there is a huge positive in all of this because it's really cool to reflect back and kind of see that in the past years ago, when I would struggle mentally and emotionally, it was always food and body image related. But this time, it wasn't. It had nothing to do with food or my body. Nothing like that. It was totally different things. Like, feeling like I wanted to be creative, but I was just so, like, creatively exhausted and burnt out. So that's kind of like the silver lining in all of this. But I was really able to see this and ask myself what I needed in that moment. So I ended up taking the last two weeks of July off, which was so nourishing. And I know we talk about taking time off and giving ourselves rest, but I think so many of us are actually guilty of when we do allow ourselves to take time off, we are trying to be productive within that period of being off. Am I right? You might be wanting to like clean your house or purge your closet or, you know, purge your closet and list those clothes that you want to get rid of on Poshmark. Like there's so many ways that we still try to force ourselves to be productive when we're actually trying to take time off or we're saying we're taking time off but then we're still pressuring ourselves into this being productive because we actually don't know how to rest so I must say I actually did rest and it felt so freaking good. Like I was talking to one of my best friends and I told her how I was feeling and that I just ended up taking the last two weeks of July off. Her and I just chatted this past weekend and she asked me, I'm so curious what you did when you took time off. Like, what did you actually do? And I told her, like, I spent a lot of time In my garden, we have this huge raspberry bush. And whenever I post pictures of myself picking raspberries from our garden and show you all how many raspberries I get from these bushes, everyone is so blown away and is like, how do you get that much? So huge raspberry bushes in the backyard. And I'm so lucky because I literally never have to buy raspberries. It's so wonderful. That is easily one of my favorite or my favorite parts of like June, July, and August is I get all these raspberries. Anyways, I spent a lot of time in the garden just picking raspberries. I caught up on the Crime Junkie podcast. I have basically now listened to every single episode dating all the way back to 2017. 
I discovered the Serial podcast and listened to all of season one in the matter of a weekend. We had a few beach days. I read a book and oh my goodness, this book stole my heart. It's called Beach Read. Please do not judge it by the title like I did. I thought it was going to be some very like easy to forget novel. It is not. I will definitely be rereading this book for sure. The characters just totally stole my heart and I wish it never had to end. Scott and I discovered the Dr. Death series, so we watched that together and binged that. So just a lot of downtime, a lot of time where I wasn't like doing something productive because I felt like I needed to like fill this place of feeling productive, right? Um, Fill this time that I am dedicating taking time off. So I'm really proud of myself. It felt so good. And now moving into August, like I said, I did those like planned two weeks off in July and I really am feeling better moving into August. Still taking things slow, still feeling like I need some time, but I know I'm going to find my rhythm or I should say I am in my rhythm. I just need to let it flow. So that is kind of a glimpse into my mental health throughout the month of July. Now, I do want to make sure that with every single episode of this mental health series, I'm also sharing a mental health practice that really stands out to me that I did this month that just like for some reason it really helped me that month or maybe it was something new that I tried that really helped. So this month I'm going to share something with you that is a constant in my life. It's not something new but for some reason as I look back on July this mental health practice just really stands out to me and I kind of realized its importance to me throughout the month of July. So this practice is having a morning routine. There were some days in July where I was traveling. Like I said, we went to a city for my cousin's wedding and when we were gone we were gone like over the course of a weekend so I didn't have my usual morning routine there were days where we went to our cabin at the lake and just being around different people and things like that um, just not in my environment I tend to sometimes let my morning routine slide during like just like a change of environment or just like change of schedule right and I can really tell that it's my morning routine when I am at home that makes such a huge difference in my mental health and not only just like saying I have a morning routine, but getting really clear on like, okay, what does this morning routine like have to consist of for me to feel really good? Okay, getting really clear on that. And I think that's also what came up for me this month was realizing, wow, when I do this, this and this, yes, that is the morning routine that is like my, you know, 
start to my day. Like that needs to be the start to my day. So first of all, I'm a huge advocate of rolling out of bed and going to eat. That is my routine. I am not a faster. I am not pro fasting in the morning. Ladies, if you are doing this, do yourself a favor and eat within like 30 minutes of waking up. Okay, just promise me that. So anyways, I basically roll out of bed, go to the kitchen, eat. I've been big on overnight oats lately. And then I just put a mound of raspberries from our backyard raspberry bushes on my overnight oats. And it is just magic. Favorite breakfast. I've been eating this for days on end now and don't even ask me to change it up because I will not. It's just so delicious. So breakfast first, then I make my teas. I make like a mineral water and a roasted dandelion root tea. So I have my two drinks there. I grab my journal and my pen and I just journal. My journal, and I'll share this with you because I often get questions about, Meg, what do you journal? Like I'm new to this whole journal practice or maybe you want to start a morning routine and journaling is definitely something I would recommend to include in your journal or in your morning routine. But maybe you don't know what to where to start. So what I would recommend or what I do, I'll just share what I do, is I just kind of, since I am journaling first thing in the morning, I kind of do like a recap of the previous day or anything that I just, it doesn't have to be like, this is exactly what I did yesterday. Like I'm not giving a full summary of my day the day before, but it's kind of like an overview of what happened or maybe like those main things that I just really want to talk about regarding yesterday or the day before. And then I always turn to a new page and at the top of the page, like after I'm done writing about whatever it is that I want to write about, maybe it's something on my mind or just stuff that I want to share about the day before. I flip to a new page and at the top of the page, I write today I'm grateful for and I fill up that entire page with things that I'm grateful for right there in that moment. And that's my journaling practice. So after my journaling practice, I was going to my book, that book that I was reading, Beach Read, so good. And I would read a chapter or two or three, however long it like sucked me in that morning. I would read some of my book. So that kind of changed now because I'm done the book, obviously. And I feel like I just need a period of time right now where I'm not really reading. So This morning, I meditated after I journaled. So that's kind of like my filler since I'm not reading a book right now. I meditated this morning and then it always feels really good for me to move my body. And then usually by this time, Penny wakes up and I feed her breakfast and her and I go for a walk. And that's my morning routine. And it feels so amazing. So that is my practice that I want to share with you this month that really stands out to me from July and how it supported my mental health throughout the month of July. Now for the last part of these mental health 
episodes that I'll be doing from now on, first Wednesday of every month, we are going to have that listener requested topic, as I mentioned. So this month, I received a request to talk about how to take care of yourself as an introvert. And I am so excited to talk about this with you all because as I mentioned at the beginning, I am an introvert. So I have five main pieces that I want to share with you today as we address this topic of caring for yourself as an introvert. Number one, I want you to If you are an introvert, of course, grab a pen and a piece of paper and I want you to write out how do you define introvert? Like when you think of the word introvert, what comes up for you? Maybe like how do you define it, but also what are the emotions that you hold around being an introvert? So this specific request from one of our listeners that requested this topic she was also wondering like how to kind of let go of the shame and the guilt of being an introvert so this is why this is kind of my first suggestion but also just to anyone who is an introvert I feel like there's so much stigma around being an introvert especially like depending on when you grew up. I think a lot of people are kind of more loud and proud about being introverts these days. But I know when I was growing up in like the early 2000s, I was in high school and I started to learn about, actually it wasn't the early, well, it was. I was in high school from like, I graduated in 2009. Anyways, that is off topic. Um, When I was in high school, I think that's kind of when I was first hearing the word introvert. And really depending on who's around us and what their perception of an introvert is, that's really where we can like kind of take on other people's meanings. Like, is it good to be an introvert? Is it bad? Is it something that we should be ashamed of? Is it something that we should feel guilty of? Right. So I want you to write down like, what are these messages that you are holding on to? about being an introvert and are they from other people like what experiences from your past are defining your definition or influencing your definition of being an introvert like what has caused these emotions or this maybe um, guilt or shame built up around being an introvert And so once we can kind of shine a light, and this is what I do with my clients all the time, like we have so many past experiences that really influence and dictate how we feel about certain things. And just being an introvert is a perfect example of this. I remember growing up, going back to high school, that really weird example that I just gave you, but going back to high school, when I first started to kind of learn what an introvert was, I remember people in my life kind of saying things about people who were introverts that 
kind of, again, influenced my perception of what an introvert was. And it wasn't really something that you wanted to be necessarily. Yet here I am realizing like years later, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a huge introvert, right? And if we allow other people's perceptions of what an introvert is to them, if we allow that to dictate how we feel about the word introvert, well, that's going to cause us to carry a lot of heaviness with us. If that's what we are and their perceptions weren't really in like this loving light. You see where I'm going with this? So as soon as we can shine that light on like, okay, that's where I got that feeling about what being an introvert means. Like that person kind of projected that onto me to feel this way. Once we can bring awareness to that, we can actually let that go and start to settle in like number two of my point is we can settle into self-acceptance. And that's, I mean, if you've ever worked with me inside my Back Home to You coaching program, which by the way, I'm accepting one-on-one clients for now. So I have some spots open for Back Home to You coaching. But if you've ever worked with me inside Back Home to You, there's a reason why we start with self-awareness. We always talk about self-awareness first because once we can shine that light on those certain circumstances or instances in our life where different people have influenced us or kind of projected onto us, that is like that first step that we need to take in order to be able to step into this self-acceptance piece, okay? So once we can see that, oh, wow, this definition of what an introvert is and like how I feel about that wasn't actually my own. I didn't actually give it that definition. Someone else passed that on to me from their own experiences, right? You have that opportunity to recreate that definition for yourself. So that's like my second point. Um, In order to start accepting this piece of ourselves, let's give it a new definition. We just realized that, you know, this current definition that you might be holding on to about being an introvert is not your own. So let's let go of that now that we realize that, hey, I never actually gave this definition myself. So now I can redefine what it means to me. And by redefining through that redefining process, that self-acceptance comes along with it. Now, going more into detail about how to actually take care of yourself as an introvert, the first thing that comes up for me after you actually do that redefining process, because again, if you're still kind of like holding on to icky feelings about being an introvert yourself, it's really going to be hard to actually embrace that acceptance piece. Okay. And so that's why we have to do that redefining piece first, move into self-acceptance, but then let's talk about boundaries. Okay, because if you're an introvert and you're wanting to take care of yourself better, we need to be talking about boundaries. And this is another huge topic. I have an entire 
module and a half inside my Back Home to You coaching program where we talk about boundaries and I actually help you cultivate and create those boundaries in your life. So as an introvert, you're going to need some boundaries, okay? And only you know what those boundaries are going to be. We can even go back to what I was saying about like my morning routine. My morning routine needs to happen in order for me to actually feel like my best self that day, okay? So creating boundaries around that. Like how and like who do you need to communicate with and tell them hey if like if you also have this morning routine that needs to happen who in your life needs to know about that and what boundaries also do you need to set with yourself in order for that to happen for an example like if you need this really solid morning routine like I do And if you go on social media first thing in the morning and you're bombarded with all of these people that aren't really even in your real life, first thing in the morning, that might be a boundary that's really going to set yourself up for success in regards to this morning routine for your mental health, if that's what you need, like I do. And so getting really clear on what you need as an introvert. Maybe you have a partner who is like an Enneagram type seven and just loves to do all of the things. For an example, my dad's an Enneagram type seven and he just is always making these plans. I have a best friend who's an Enneagram type seven and she also is just go, 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 making all these plans, all these outings. She's very sociable. She is I guess not an introvert, so I suppose this really wouldn't apply to her. But anyways, if your partner is one of those people that is always making plans, always needs to like go out and do all the things, maybe you need to sit down with your partner or your best friend or that family member or whoever it is in your life that maybe is like dragging you along to all of these events, making you do all the things when you really don't have the energy for that. As an introvert, you really need those boundaries and we need to communicate those boundaries. So maybe going out every Friday night feels really good for you, but not Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Maybe you need that Saturday, Sunday at home doing nothing. For me, for an example... I really love having all day Sunday at home because I know like Monday's a work day. I like getting work done, but I also love having just like one full day before starting my work week, just alone in my own space, doing my own thing with no plans. So because it's summertime, our families are like out at the lake and they always want us to come visit them out at the lake. And I can do that. I can go out on a Friday, spend the night, maybe spend Saturday there. But I'm always back, usually, when I set this boundary with myself. I'm typically always back on Saturday night so I can 
have a good sleep at home and wake up in my own space on Sunday and just spend all day at home in my own space at, and like doing my own thing all day on Sunday before starting that new work week because that's what feels good for me. And so again, going back to like point three is getting really clear on what you need as an introvert. And those were just some examples of like my personal life where these boundaries show up and then asking yourself like, okay, what are these boundaries actually going to look like? And then who do I need to communicate these boundaries with? Right? Because if you just kind of think about them And there's people in your life that you need to communicate these boundaries with, but you're not really communicating these boundaries with at all. How are they going to know? And that's really where we can become really frustrated and irritated with people maybe stepping all over our boundaries because maybe we actually haven't communicated them properly to those people that need to know. So that is also kind of going into my fourth point is just communicating your needs. So this doesn't really have to be like related to communicating a boundary, but maybe people don't even know you're an introvert. So this point, when I wrote it down, communicating your needs, I was really more so talking about just sharing with people like hey this is how I feel and these are the things that make me feel better so this is how I take care of myself it's kind of a boundary but kind of not Um, it's more so just being open um, with the people around you and telling them where you're at and as soon as they can get a better understanding of who you are and what you need, then this whole process of taking care of yourself as an introvert is just going to be that much more nourishing and it's going to feel so much better. And then the fifth and final thing that I want to talk about in regards to taking care of yourself as an introvert is creating space for your introverted self. Like, are you actually creating space to be an introvert? Okay. So again, this all kind of plays into like the whole, yes, we definitely do need to set boundaries. But some of us know that the way that we're going about life right now isn't really jiving. It's not really like satisfying us. Maybe you know you're an introvert, but you actually just don't have any time or space to just allow yourself to be your introverted self. And something that came up for me when I wrote this down was actually like creating a physical space That would feel really good for you as an introvert just to be your introverted self, like a safe space somewhere in your home. So that would be like a little homework piece for you if you don't have that space in your home already. I have a couple spaces in my house that 
I like to kind of be my introverted self. Definitely my office. I have like this really cozy area in my office with a salt lamp next to it and a ton of cozy soft pillows. And that's usually where I just allow myself to be super introverted and it's like this safe space. So if you don't already have one of those safe spaces in your home yet, I would definitely suggest making a point of creating this space for you and then like actually creating space for yourself to be your introverted self there. So I'm really excited to see all of you start embracing and accepting your introverted self more, creating these boundaries, communicating your needs with the people around you, and just communicating your needs with the people that need to know. And then finally creating your space just to be your introverted self. So if this podcast episode resonated with you, don't forget to share it with your friends or share it on social media. A really easy way to support me and the work that I offer you and this free podcast every week is to just simply Take a screenshot of the podcast that you're listening to right now and then hop over on Instagram and just share it. Share it in your stories. You can tag me so I can see that you're listening. And then also, if you took away anything from this week's episode, maybe you grabbed a pen and paper and wrote down some of the things that you were associating with being an introvert and now you're ready to break free from those old labels and redefine it you can tag me in that post about what you're doing to take care of yourself as an introvert maybe you set a boundary this coming week tag me, share it with people. They want to know this stuff too. And if you do have a little cozy corner or a nook or a space in your home where you just love being your introverted self, take a picture of it, share it on social media, tag me at I am Meg Doll so I can see where you are embracing your introverted self. So I hope you all really enjoyed this very first episode of our brand new mental health series. I will be doing this every single month, the first Wednesday of the month. So stay tuned for these episodes. I really love just sitting down with my mic and you and having a really great chat about mental health. Thanks for tuning in, friends. I love you. Thank you.